0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Slagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the death toll from COVID-19 is back in triple digits. The health department reports 144 new fatalities. We're closing in on 16,000 deaths since the beginning of the pandemic. Throughout the COVID crisis, Governor Ron DeSantis has claimed Florida is doing a better job protecting seniors in nursing homes than most other states. But the American Association for Retired Persons has parsed the numbers, and they say Florida doesn't measure up anymore.
1: The big red flag that I see in this data is that uh, Florida ranks uh, significantly below the national average on the number of infections among nursing home staff in the four weeks ending September 20th.
0: That matters because the more staffers who get sick, the better the chances of infecting residents at the nursing homes. Team Trump spends the day in Florida. While Donald Trump was fundraising at Mar-a-Lago and doing a town hall in Miami on Thursday, Vice President Mike Pence told Hispanics in Miami-Dade the choice is Trump or socialism.
2: You said yes to President Donald Trump in 2016, and I know that Florida is going to say yes to Florida resident President Donald Trump in 2020.
0: A South Florida congresswoman says Hispanics in Miami-Dade are being targeted with disinformation and she says the FBI is on the case.
3: We sent a letter to the FBI demanding an investigation on this misinformation, specifically targeting, targeting Latino voters. We just got a response from the FBI. They are conducting the investigation. They don't have a lot of details to share with us just yet, but I think it's going to be incredibly important to bring this to light once we have more details.
0: Today on the Sunrise Interview, we'll be chatting with a state lawmaker who wants to designate devil crab as Florida's official state crustacean. Well, technically it's not a crustacean, devil crab is actually a deep-fried treat made from blue crab and Cuban bread.
4: It's a nod to the immigrants who came to Ybor City and made Tampa that special flavor of a city that it is today. And of course, it's not really a crustacean, but... For all of my intents and purposes, the devil crab should be the official crustacean of Florida.
0: Senator Janet Cruz says she's doing this to try to lighten the mood during a very stressful time, and she's expecting a fight from the powerful Stone Crab lobby in Tallahassee. We'll also have your calendar of political events and check in with a Florida man who supports Donald Trump, but is accused of vandalizing a Trump campaign sign because he thought it made the president look like a racist. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Friday, October 16th. It was on this date in 1962 that the Cuban Missile Crisis began, as President John F. Kennedy was informed that reconnaissance photographs had revealed the presence of Russian missile bases in Cuba. It's about the closest we got to World War III, at least so far. The state health department reported 3,356 new cases of COVID-19 Thursday. That's the largest one-day increase in about a month. There have now been 745,000 confirmed cases in Florida. That's about 3.5% of the state's population. The health department also reported 144 additional fatalities Thursday. The death toll has reached 15,932. Now, throughout the crisis, the one thing that Governor Ron DeSantis has stressed repeatedly is that Florida is doing a better job protecting seniors than most other states. He points to the large number of fatalities at nursing homes in the Northeast as proof that Florida is doing something right. But the American Association for Retired Persons has begun compiling stats from nursing homes across the country. And it turns out Florida is not really a safe haven for seniors. Dave Bruns is a spokesman for the AARP of Florida.
1: ARP has been concerned since the outset of this pandemic about the impact on um, nursing homes and other elder care facilities. Those places have really been ground zero in the pandemic. This new dashboard shows that Florida is uh, has mixed results at best in how uh, our our nursing homes have been handling the pandemic is below the national average in three out of five key indicators that that AARP has selected uh, using federal data. Uh, but on the other hand, we're better than the national average on two other indicators. Uh, so it's it's sort of a mixed bag. We hope that um, policymakers, uh, state agencies, and members of the public will be able to use this dashboard to help guide Uh, Our efforts going forward will be releasing results uh, on the dashboard every four weeks
0: uh, for the foreseeable future. As you look over those indicators, what are the things that Florida lags the rest of the country on? Probably the most
1: concerning red flag in this data, and and I should note, this is federal data. This is uh, data that the nursing homes themselves report to Uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and then the CDC uh, shares that information with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, which oversee uh, nursing homes at the federal level. So the big red flag that I see in this data is that uh, Florida ranks uh, significantly below the national average on the number of infections among nursing home staff in the four weeks ending September 20th. Why is that significant? It's significant because if staff are infected and they're bringing this virus into our long-term care facilities, our our nursing homes especially, the people who live in those facilities are very, very vulnerable. The U.S. average is um, 48 percent of nursing homes had infections among staff in the four weeks period uh, ending September 20th, 72% of Florida nursing homes, 72% had infections among staff during that four-week period. That's concerning.
0: Is this in any way a criticism of the Governor DeSantis' response? Because, frankly, that's been his only, you know, trump card in this whole argument, that the, the idea that they kept the infection at bay when other states were putting people in nursing homes that had COVID.
1: The governor, uh, this administration has made some good decisions on protecting uh, frail, vulnerable, um, older Floridians, especially in long-term care facilities. And they've made other decisions that have been um, uh, where we would have liked to have seen more urgency and quicker action. This is not a criticism of Governor DeSantis. As I say, it's a mixed bag. There's some things that Florida is doing pretty well. But it does indicate that no state has really protected these vulnerable people as well as they should have. I don't care which state it is.
0: 6,386 residents or staff members of Florida's nursing homes and long-term care facilities have been killed by COVID-19, including 60 new fatalities that were reported Thursday. 13 more inmates in state prisons have died of COVID 19 over the past week. Six of those deaths at the Reception and Medical Center in Union County. Three were linked to the Union Correctional Institution. So far, 154 inmates have died of COVID since the start of the pandemic. Florida's weekly unemployment claims increased again last week, with 45,000 workers filing for benefits as COVID 19 continues to weigh on the economy. A number of key states, including Florida, Texas, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, and Georgia, all reported increases. Congress is still stymied on another relief package, so economists are warning there's a risk of stagnation in the upcoming months as layoffs mount and more businesses fail. By the way, the state is releasing jobless numbers for September today, so keep those fingers crossed. Team Trump is all over the Sunshine State. Donald Trump has a rally in Ocala this afternoon. Last night, he did a town hall in Miami, and Vice President Mike Pence was the featured speaker at another rally in Miami Thursday. Here's the Cliff Notes version.
2: Well, hello, Florida! And honestly, I'm here for one reason, and one reason only. And that is that Florida and America need four more years of President Donald Trump in the White House. Cuatro años más. It's on. And the road to victory runs right through Florida. You know, four years ago, a movement was born, a movement of everyday Americans from every walk of life. Here in Florida, you knew we could be strong again. You knew we could be prosperous again. You said yes to President Donald Trump in 2016, and I know that Florida is going to say yes to Florida resident President Donald Trump in 2020. The President, the First Lady, and Baron are all doing great, and he is back, back on the road, back in the fight. Under President Trump, we're opening up America again. You know, in the last five months, after losing 22 million jobs at the height of this pandemic, we've already seen 11 and a half million Americans go back to work, including more than six. 130,000 people back on the job right here in Florida. So we're opening up America. And we are opening up America's schools. I choose President Trump because I choose America. I choose President Trump because I choose freedom. So for our freedom and for our future, We need to decide right here and right now that Joe Biden will never be president of the United States. We're going to re-elect President Donald Trump for four more years. I checked on the way here, early voting starts Monday. And remember, you take advantage of early voting, friends don't let friends vote alone. Bring a family member, bring a friend, bring a neighbor and cast a vote for four more years. So, men and women of Florida, time's wasted. But I leave here today encouraged. I just know that if all of us do all that we need to do across the Sunshine State and all across this country, in every hour that remains between now and Election Day, we're going to have a great victory all across Florida and all across America. We're going to make Florida and America stronger than ever before. We're going to make Florida and America safer than ever before. We're going to make Florida and America more prosperous than you could possibly imagine.
0: While the VP made his plea to Hispanic voters, Congresswoman Debbie mucarsel powell of Miami was talking about disinformation in the 2020 campaign. She says there is a systematic campaign underway targeting Hispanics in South Florida and that the FBI is on the case.
3: thing that i'm seeing right now and that my constituents are seeing is that there's a sharp rise in disinformation among latino circles here in south florida and a lot of that is being spread in an organic fashion whether it's through their chats through whatsapp um, through twitter facebook and one thing is very clear at this point there is definitely a campaign that is being aimed specifically at influencing latino voters here in south florida these posts contain far-right conspiracy theories, fringe ideas or um, ideas that are related to the QAnon conspiracy theories. Many of them, most of them are in Spanish and they're posted in Facebook posts or WhatsApp chats, like I mentioned, to Colombians, Venezuelans, Cubans. The deception links Democrats to socialism or says that Democrats or Biden support the Castro regime or Maduro. And, And we know that there's nothing further from the truth. Many of these disinformation campaigns are also designed to sow doubt in our elections. And let me just say here today to all of you that this misinformation, this information that you're seeing is false. The targeting of Latinos on social media and traditional outlets here in South Florida is something that we all need to pay attention to and that we must be concerned. And that's why uh, the chairman of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus, Joaquin Castro, who's also on the Intelligence Committee and myself, we sent a letter to the FBI demanding an investigation on this misinformation, specifically targeting targeting Latino voters. We just got a response from, from the FBI. They are conducting the investigation. They don't have a lot of details to share with us just yet, but I think it's going to be incredibly important to bring this to light once we have more details.
0: Broward Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz says it's not just the Hispanic community that's been targeted. She says conspiracy theorists who used to hide in the darkest parts of the web have gone mainstream, thanks to politicians who parrot their bizarre theories about socialism, communism, baby killing, pedophile sex rings, human trafficking, and all manner of anti-Semitic tropes.
5: In the last 150 years, we really have never been more polarized as a nation, and we've never had more at stake. We are a mere 19 days from our presidential election, and Meanwhile, America's enemies, foreign and domestic, and other bad actors are flooding social media with conspiracy theories and lies. They're using racism, hate, anti-Semitism, fear and disinformation designed to sow division and shatter public trust in the election process and actually shatter our trust in one another. And these conspiracy theorists have moved from the dark spaces of the web to prominent social media platforms and more traditional media recently, uh, targeting, as we saw, Florida's Spanish language media to peddle anti-Semitic disinformation and racist messages. And these disinformation campaigns foster chaos and they risk undermining our sense of community and ultimately our democratic institutions. We must not let bad actors distract and divide us.
0: So how do you as a consumer of news fight back? Well, for one thing, spend less time on social media and take everything you read with a grain of salt. Don't retweet or repost something until you've checked to see if it's actually true. And put a bit more trust in your local news, the places that hire journalists instead of propagandists. Next up on the Sunrise interview, we'll talk with a state lawmaker who wants to make the devil crab the official crustacean of Florida. And don't bother telling her it's a sandwich, not a crustacean. She knows. But first, a word from our sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise podcast from Florida Politics. And we're much obliged. Predict It is like the stock market for all things politics. Instead of trading stock in companies, you're investing money into your opinions on everything from election results to how many times President Trump will tweet this week. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org promo F-L-A-P-O-L. Try it today. Welcome back. Our guest today on the Sunrise Interview is State Senator Janet Cruz of Tampa, who decided that in the midst of a nationwide pandemic and an election that seems just as horrible, we can all use a smile. So she just filed a bill for the 2021 legislative session designating the devil crab as Florida's official state crustacean. Senator, we already have so many official state symbols. We have a, you know, the state animal, the state reptile, the state saltwater fish, the state freshwater fish. Do we really need an yeah. official crustacean?
4: Well, heck yes, we do. I mean, you know, we have a sable palm and a shell that's a horse conch. Our favorite marine mammal, the sea cow, or all, we fondly call it the sea cow, but it's a manatee. And uh, as a reptile, we have alligators. And we even have a state pie, the key lime pie. So why the heck not the devil crap as the state crustacean?
0: Now, tell me about the Devil Crab. What is its special historical significance in Florida?
4: Well, you know, um, in Ybor City, uh, we had a gigantic immigrant population at one time that all worked in the cigar factories. And the workers were on strike for almost eight months, and it was very, very hard times. It was a unique time and a difficult time. And um, when they went on strike, what was prevalent in the waters of Tampa Bay and um, easy to catch were the blue crabs. So they started catching blue crabs just so that they had uh, some food during the strike. And while the protesters, or I would say the picket line was going on, um, they designed, uh, I think it was Mr. Miranda's family designed a handheld devil crab that someone could hold like a sandwich while they were, um, while they were in the picket line. And uh, it the devil crab has its name because when they created the crab, they tried to do the points so that it looked like the, sh- the shell of a uh, blue crab. Those points that come out on the edges of the shell. Uh, hence uh, the horns and hence the devil crab. So uh, that's how it all started. It started for, you know, creating something they could fish out of the bay and feed those that were on strike.
0: But the devil crab is not an actual crustacean, is it? It's a fried version of a blue crab.
4: In my book, it should be the official crustacean of Florida. It's a a nod to the immigrants who came to Ybor City and made Tampa that special flavor of a city um, that it is today. And, of course, it's not really a crustacean. But for all of my intents and purposes, the devil crab should be the official crustacean
0: of Florida. Do you expect any pushback on this from the the powerful SpongeBob lobby in Tallahassee?
4: Well, probably. You know, I don't know. I mean, you know, there are those stone crab guys that are going to go after me, and uh, and who knows? You know, let's see. Maybe uh, maybe the shrimpers, but I'm, I'm really expecting a real battle from the stone crabbers. <sighs>
0: <No. laughs> Why did you decide to do this?
4: Because I, you know, I, I've just I'm finishing up on drafting some very heavy legislation. I thought it was time to give Floridians uh, a lighthearted look at at what's going on and uh, and enjoy a smile or two from a few people. I know that the folks from Tampa, and I think anybody in Tampa Bay that's had that delicious devil crab will, will get a little chuckle out of this.
0: For those of you who believe it's really kind of silly to pass this sort of law, I would point out there is precedent. Now, here in Florida, we already have an official state flag, a state seal, a state reptile, a state bird, a state butterfly, a state animal, a state marine mammal, a state saltwater mammal, a state saltwater fish, a state freshwater fish, a state flower, a state wildflower, a state tree, a state beverage, a state shell, a state stone, a state gem, a state soil, a state song, a state motto, a state play, and a state anthem. What's one more crustacean among friends? Your calendar of events begins early with the Florida Board of Respiratory Care. They meet online at 8.30. The Florida Commission on Access to Civil Justice holds an online meeting at 9.30. The Department of Economic Opportunity releases the September Unemployment Report at 10. The South Florida Regional Planning Council and the Treasure Coast Regional Planning Council hold a joint meeting at 10 to talk about water quality and the future water supply for southeast Florida. At 10.30, the Division of Historical Resources will discuss results of investigations by researchers at the former Dozier School for Boys in Mariana, where juvenile delinquents were abused and murdered for decades. The Florida Tiger Bay Clubs are holding an online forum at noon about the presidential election. Participants include Republican Congressman Matt Gates and Democratic Congresswoman Val Demings. And the Council of Presidents for the Florida College System holds an online meeting at 1.00. Finally today, a Florida man is arrested in what one investigator describes as a Trump-on-Trump crime. 36-year-old Ryan Denniston of Vero Beach is accused of stealing and vandalizing a Donald Trump campaign sign from his neighbor's yard. He is not a Biden backer. He supports Trump. But Denniston told deputies he removed the Trump banner because it was next to a Confederate flag, and he thought it made the president look like a racist. Denniston also stole the Confederate flag and then came back the next morning to destroy some lights and break a window. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again Monday as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.